Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode 109. Chris, I asked ChatGPT 3.5 for an interesting fact about the number 109. And here's the interesting fact it gave me. The Fahrenheit temperature scale sets the freezing point of water at 32 degrees and the boiling point of water at 212 degrees, with 109 degrees Fahrenheit being approximately equal to 42.8 degrees Celsius. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, AI. <laughs> but then I asked ChatGPT4 for some interesting facts about the number 109. And uh, I got some interesting facts. 109 is a centered triangular number, uh, which means if you arrange dots in a triangle pattern, which doesn't look good. It's like a, a, a dot and then a dot above it and then a dot mm -hmm. bottom to the left and bottom to the right. But whatever. Uh, 109 is one of the numbers of dots that you can have that make a triangle. Also, 109 squares on an infinite chessboard can be reached by a knight within three moves. I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. 109. You don't think that's very cool? <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Is that true? Okay. According to... Oh, according to... It might not be true. Chat might... I didn't actually oh. check. I didn't check I was, that one. I was... <laughs> I was waiting for fake information. Uh, so maybe that's the, that's one. That's, uh, huh. Is that possible within three moves? Because you have, well, then that can move in a lot of different ways. It's like, what, like one, six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. So it's, what's it's like eight cubes? The theoretical maximum? That's, that's. 512. Oh, okay. That's mm -hmm. probably right. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We just won't check that one. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, and then also, the last six digits of the 108-digit cycle of 1 over 109 are 853211, which are the first Fibonacci numbers in decreasing order. And uh, I took okay. from this that ChatGPT4 is a lot smarter than ChatGPT3.5. Yes. So uh, I, I agree. Uh, it'd be also, it, it's uh, dangerous to ask it for facts because it may or may yeah. not be true. <laughs> Come up with some plausible sounding, interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, confabulations about the number 109. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's cool. Uh, ChatGPT4 or GPC4 was announced uh, since we talked last. So that's yes. really cool. I uh, think it's accurate to call it ChatGPT4 because the, the API yeah, more so. closely models the uh, ChatGPT API yeah. interface. It's like a system message and user messages. And yeah. Have you played yeah. with it? Do you no. have access yet? Uh, I haven't checked if I have access. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I haven't played with it, no. But it seems really cool. More tokens, which should help with your... Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure we're going to talk all about that. But uh, we will, be cool. yes. yeah. yeah. Also, uh, uh, it can take an images as an input yeah. now, which I can't use, I don't think, but really cool. People were yeah. posting images of like, they took a picture of their fridge and then asked, what recipes can I make from the things in this fridge? That's cool. That's cool. Somebody posted, uh, this may have been in the documentation, they... they had a comic and they asked it to explain why the comic was funny panel by panel and it did and that's amazing yeah yeah um st stuff i can also see is like pointed at a picture of like i don't know your engine or something and say what's wrong with this car or yeah, you know yeah. stuff like that i think is coming so interesting cool. though with the engine like <laughs> maybe, maybe not an engine but yeah the, the engine i think would be tricky because uh, you got to kind of get in it and you, it's it's yeah, a multi-sensory yeah. experience and uh it's funny because there was this movement when cars were starting to become automated when when that was like coming over the horizon that 
cars were going to be able to drive themselves. Everybody was worried about truck drivers and bus drivers and taxi drivers and all this saying, oh, you better learn to code so that you have job security. And now it turns out like... Other way around. Yeah. Like, your, your job's going to be much more secure if you're doing some sort of uh, more physical thing in the real world. Like this is uh, seems to be coming from like the, the top down. Uh, so, so I heard uh, this is this is a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. Someone asked, you know, basically, what are the jobs that are going to be left after AI like takes over the world or something? Mm. And Paul Graham replied, uh, maybe the first jobs that ever existed, you know, which is like prostitution, uh, maybe uh, like being a cook, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, I, and that made me think, I wonder if the jobs are going to replace in the reverse order in which they were created. So like programmers are yeah. going to come kind of first and then like any other knowledge worker and yeah. then like. I don't know, accountants, and like it's going to kind of go backwards in in order of. Uh, That's very interesting. That seems know. plausible too, because like, uh, the the easiest ones to automate are ones where all of your input and all of your output happens through a computer. Yeah, which are the ones that have just been created? Which are the ones that have just been created? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do like, if you're an arborist, you you do tree trimming. Yeah. That's it's going to be a long be hard time for computers to do for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then we're going to get the Tesla bot and all those are going to go too. And then <laughs> sure. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. some philosopher that talks about if humans were put in this perfect utopia where the only thing they had to worry themselves with was, quote, the continuation of the species, which I think is a poetic way of describing that scenario. They would start breaking things just to have something interesting to do that humans aren't designed for utopias we're not comfortable in that we need some sort of challenge we need some sort of we're, we're itching to just like yeah. do something and, and conquer something and i don't know yeah that's the plot of the matrix right that is exactly the plot of the matrix yeah yeah a fantasy i have frequently is that i'm already in the which i'm sure everyone has after watching the matrix that i'm already in the matrix and like this this is the solution to the post ai world is you just put people in this advanced simulation video game and yeah. Well, some people yeah. think we are in a simulation, which would be probably post AI world. Yeah. Yeah. It's plausible. <laughs> Spooky. All right. We we got a lot of stuff to talk no, about. No, no. Uh, <laughs> enough pontification. You in they explain to me that the most recent purchase you got. This was I love okay. I love that this happened. Was was this so, from the Kaggle competition? Walk me through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be brief also because uh, you have a lot of updates. But I do. So I'm doing this Kaggle competition, right? I'm in 10th place out of 600, which is mm -hmm. great. Uh, but I really need another GPU, right? So I went online. I was like, okay, I, I know how to do this. I go on a cloud GPU provider and I spin one up and I can use one. So I do that. And it's way slower than I expected, like three huh. to four times slower. Interesting. Maybe this cloud provider is bad. So I go to a different one. I try it out. I go to a different one and try it out. And they're all like that. And I realize, okay, you have GPUs in a data center. Unless you spend a lot of time optimizing for this GPU being in a data center, meaning it's far away from RAM, it's far away from hard drives, that kind of thing, mm. then you're just going to get worse performance. And so what I thought was like a dollar per hour GPU, which is about what I have, is more like a $4 an hour GPU. Mm. And suddenly, that means that if I buy one, uh, instead of like six month, you know, uh, payback time, it's like a month and a half or two months. Uh, so I did. I bought, I bought a GPU. Uh, it has a computer attached <laughs> Uh, but that is nominal compared to the GPU. Um, and I got it and I was so excited and I opened it up and the, the it has a nice glass like thing so you can see the RGB LEDs inside Ooh, nice. and the glass is completely shattered ah. in shipping. And so it's sitting right over here but I can't use it because I opened up like the pouch it's in and like glass started raining down on oh, the floor. No. <laughs> so that was my purchase. Uh, I have an outgoing email to request a replacement. They asked for pictures and I sent them pictures so we'll okay. see 
what happens. But I'm I did. excited I, I that you uh, pulled the trigger on it, and yeah. I feel sad that it arrived broken. Are, when when they replace it, are they just going to ship you a new piece of glass or replace the whole thing? I don't know. Um, I presume they will. The easiest thing for them is probably for me to ship the whole thing back, actually, because I mean, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what they say. It's new egg, so I'm hopeful that they will be you know, good about returns and stuff is yeah. sold and shipped by, I purposely picked one sold and shipped by Newegg instead mm-hmm. of like one other third party vendors. So yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. And I'm I not... also, I, cho- I chose ahead. this instead of one of the deep learning specific machines. It's a windows machine, uh, which means I now have a windows machine. So all that gaming that we talked about last time I could yeah, do now. Yeah. So you I was like, all right, Hogwarts legacy. That's right. Cons- consumer gaming GPU, you know, it's less expensive than the deep learning specific ones. Not quite yeah. as capable, but that's okay. And it came in as all broken. Uh, <laughs> well, We'll get it for you. It'll happen. I had the thought that I don't know a ton about computer hardware, but I know that multiple GPUs in a computer is a thing. Yeah. For the deep learning stuff specifically, because you already have the setup on the computer that you have, the Linux computer. Is it a possibility that you could just pop the GPU out and put it in the old computer? Oh, yes. And then have two GPUs in that computer? Oh, okay. So... Uh, uh, um, there's a few things. One, my power supply isn't strong enough to host the one I have and yeah. the 4090, which is the new one I bought. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would need to upgrade the power supply as well. Um, I could do that. But the other thing is the stuff I'm doing right now is pretty CPU intensive. Like my CPUs okay. are pretty pegged. And so I kind of want another machine anyway. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I bought it. And so by the time you go through the cost of upgrading the power supply and, and I can't get the 4090 probably to physically fit. So I need a smaller one anyway. Um, so I could get like a 16 gig GPU probably in my old one, maybe even with my existing power supply. So I could have done that, but that wasn't big enough for what I wanted either. So yeah, I, I wanted this particular GPU. Uh, and I actually wanted the one that's a step up, but that's six grand just for the GPU. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so I bought the $1,500 one instead. Um, but yeah, it won't fit in my old case, which is the, yeah, the point of that. Gotcha. Well, I'm I'm very excited for you. I'm always excited about new hardware. Uh, and like, I remember back when you were thinking about getting the machine that you have right now, that seemed like it marked a, a stepwise increase in your ability to do these calculus competitions. It enabled yeah. you to do ones that required a lot more in-person processing. That's really interesting hearing that it's equivalent to the, the $4 an hour computers if you're renting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah seems like there's a huge benefit to for you to have these gpus in person yeah and like the benefit of the cloud is that you can just spin up gpus whenever you want and spin them down but you can also like accidentally spin up the wrong ones like the ten dollar an hour ones you know mm-hmm. and you can like it, it's also like we talked about if i'm spinning up a four dollar an hour gpu i want to be utilizing every single second and then turn it off as soon as it's done yeah. and it, like i'm really worried about that whereas if it's just sitting there then I'm worried about the other way, which is if I'm not right. running it, I'm kind of losing money. Right, right. So yeah, it's totally a mind shift, mindset shift. Um, and GPU prices are half of what they were a year ago. Yep. So just makes the, the makes the purchase a lot easier uh, of a decision to make. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Crypto Crash. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like pushing instead of pulling the work that you're doing. Instead of mm-hmm. thinking about trying to minimize the work that you're doing, you're trying to maximize. Like you have this thing already. If you're not using it, you're wasting money because you already have it. Yeah, right. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully they'd say two to five business days uh, to respond. So hopefully next week I'll have a brand new shiny, not broken computer. Hopefully it gets here in time for you to rock it up to whatever place you want. If you're if you're 10th out of several hundred, that's gold range. It is. It is, except uh, you can easily fall five. Pla- I mean, 
like a five place shakeup is is considered not a large shakeup. Yeah. So if I drop five places and I'm out of gold, so I really want to be you know in top top five right, going right. into the and it's there's still a month and a half left in the competition, so lots of room for moving around still. If memory serves correctly, I think every shakeup that there's been in competitions that we've talked about, you've gone up in that in that shakeup. I've gone down a couple times, a little bit, like okay. five places. Which is just a little bit, yeah. Okay. One of those, yeah, we wanted to go up five. We were like five from gold, and instead we went down five. So yeah. that hurt, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm cautious which ones I join also. So like, there are competitions where you know there's going to be a large shakeup because of, um, you can sort of predict it based on how the data looks and the type of like correlation you have between your cross-validation and your leaderboard score and how much data there is and stuff. So I've been pretty careful about only joining competitions that I'm pretty sure I'm doing well in. Okay. Also, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I'm excited for you with the yeah. power of a brand new GPU. It's going to be good. That's right. We'll see. All right. I have a lot to talk to you about. Uh, no, I have a I'm lot excited. To, I want your feedback on. Yeah. So right. I have a few things that I'll just kind of clean up at the end. The biggest thing I want to talk about is social media marketing world. Yep. The first time I've gone to a conference of people who are in the target market for a thing I'm selling instead of going to conferences like microconf where it's it's my peers like I'm I'm the the consumer of the conference and at the same time this is a conference teaching all these cutting edge techniques in social media marketing I'm kind of also interested in, in learning those I learned a lot from the talks and uh, I, I was kind of also a consumer of the conference and Oh my gosh, where do I start? I'll start. I'll start with a kind of a funny story of the uh, the right. very first interaction I had with this. So, like, I uh, fly there, uh, very chill flight. I get off the plane. I walk from the airport to my Airbnb. That was kind of fun. I couldn't walk directly out of the airport because, and this is a fun game I play sometimes, trying to walk in or out of airports. You usually can't, and that seems unusual to me. That like, you, there's a place where you can't walk. Like, what's up with that? So, uh, I, I had like a nice chill hour long walk and. Uh, stopped for lunch and was enjoying myself. And then I started feeling kind of nervous of like, oh, I don't I don't know a single person here. And I don't know what's going to happen. It's like this, which is also kind of an exciting thought, but uh, it, it got me in this mood of like, I, I heard parts of my brain being like, ah, we don't need to, we don't need to go out tonight to to this meetup. Like, we we can just wait till tomorrow. It's fine. And I was like, no, no, no. You flew all the way out here. Like, maximize this experience. You're You're feeling good. Like, make sure you're back at a reasonable time so that you can sleep and have a good day tomorrow. But like, yeah, go go out tonight. You're going to have some good experiences. So there was a, a meetup that was organized by a company that does, uh, I think they were like a social post queuing company. And so they wanted to invite- Like Buffer they, they, or something? Yeah, like Buffer. Um, Buffer wasn't there surprisingly, but there were five other sponsors that were doing the same sort of thing as buffer that's something else i'm going to mention later but um some some other company but it was a company like buffer and they said it's open to everyone who is a uh, marketing agency and i was thinking that's perfect because i think we had talked before on this podcast about how marketing agencies might be a great potential customer for this thing and at the time i was like i don't know any marketing agencies i don't, I don't know what they need i don't know like i don't know anything about them maybe they'd be a good customer but i have no idea so seeing this event I was thinking, oh man, this is going to be a room full of marketing agencies. I can just I can just talk to a bunch of them and uh, figure out who they are and what they do. So the instructions are kind of unclear, but it says like go to this wine bar place and and the entrances around the back. So I really have no idea what to expect. 
and I go around the back and I'm dressed like a casual tech bro like i usually dress like i'm in a t-shirt and a like poofy jacket and uh the pants that's the one pair of pants that i wear all the time and uh like normal shoes and i walk up to this thing and there's like half a dozen people and they're all much older than me and they're all really well dressed and i'm like oh man this is the start of like feeling really uncomfortable for this whole series of days but i'm like whatever i'm gonna i'm just they're, they're all people i'm just gonna learn about them and it's gonna be great so i get in line uh there's a there's a free bar there and i get in line behind these two women uh who are just immaculately like look like they could go present on stage or something and they turn behind them and they're i, I may have just been feeling extra self-conscious but they like look me over and they're very friendly they're like hi <laughs> i'm i'm whatever they're like hi i'm christian nice to, nice to meet you and i get a drink and the two women immediately go over and like talk, uh, you know, at, at a different table. And but there's like one other big cluster of people there. So I'm like, all right, it, like I can do this. I know how to meet people. This is fine. So I go up and there's a there's an older guy there who's kind of like a, an offshoot of the group. And I go and I, I like engage him and shake his hand. And I'm like, hey, so uh, is this is this the first time you've been to social media marketing world? And he says, uh, what? <laughs> and I said, social media marketing world. I like enunciate more. And I'm like, is this? The, the conference is this your first time and he was like what are you talking about <laughs> and i said is that not is that not what this is that not this meetup is that not what this is and he was like no this is a law firm <laughs> and i was like oh oh a law firm i'm so sorry i took one of your drinks i don't know i didn't know where where am i supposed to be I'm and he was like he, he was like you get a drink it's fine we're a law firm like don't worry about it and i was like of course and so I look over and like behind some bushes, there's a much bigger meetup of a, a bunch more people. So I, so I walk over there and I just breathe a sigh of relief because it's all like a bunch of tech bros. And it's all like, they're all dressed like me. They're all about my same age. Uh, way more women, which was interesting that like, I'm used to going to microconf, which is like 90% men. This was like, I don't know, 75, 25 uh, women to men. Seems like marketing is uh yeah much more of like a, a feminine profession which was uh interesting still tons of men still but yeah uh it was just interesting to see that dichotomy but like everybody's super nice uh the first guy i talked to was kind of strange and like wanted to teach me things and but that was fine uh but yeah made a lot of really good connections learned a lot about the oh, I, I there's just so much to talk about where where else I'll I'll pause there for a second. <laughs> that that was I'll that just was react my first thing. It, it's great that you actually asked if it was social media marketing world because I imagine you like standing in a circle and everyone's talking about their like law whatever. Right. <laughs> I marketing you sure is centered around law offices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Oh, marketing sure have a lot of legal uh, legal knowledge. <laughs> also, I love how you had to like go behind some bushes to find like the, yeah yeah <laughs> the meetup. Uh, that's great. Um, no, I mean that sounds cool. Yeah, that sounds. How many people were at the com- the actual conference? Not just this meetup, but I think about two thousand, and almost everyone I talked to was talking about how dead it felt and how few people there were. Really, and I was like, "This is overwhelming. How many people there are? Like, yeah. I'm meeting people and then never seeing them again uh, for the rest of the conference." So, uh, yeah, that that was interesting. But about two thousand. Interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. So, what did you? I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Did you do you want to talk about anyone you met there or anything you learned or yeah? What did you? Yeah, it's learn? all of it, all at the same time. And I'm, <laughs> I don't know where else to start. Let me let me look at my notes. Um, I a, a, a higher level takeaway was like 
I keep relearning this lesson for different types of people, but marketers are people too. People who do marketing, they're just people. They, they are people. They do people things. They have the same sorts of problems that people have, but like I, I got that fleshed out for who a marketer is. My current picture of who a marketer is, is someone who, per particularly in social media, like may have had sort of uh, a business that they started or some sort of marketing project or some sort of influencing project in college and then started working for someone else, doing marketing in some context, maybe working for a bigger company, and now they're doing it on their own. Uh, and the, the sort of interaction that they have with clients is like a client goes to them and just gives them the task of do marketing. And we don't really know what to do. And we don't really know what sort of marketing you're going to need to do. But then they need to be well-versed enough, uh, like, a, like a jack of all trades and all the different types of marketing you can do. If it's writing blogs, or if it's making social media posts, or if it's making videos, they're the person who coordinates that. And that was really clarifying. Like there doesn't seem to be like there are agencies that do video production, but they don't consider themselves to be marketers. They're like, mm. I, I talked with someone, one of the the uh, vendors who was there, who was very clear that like they're not they're not a marketing agency. They're a, oh, I forgot the term, like a content studio. So a marketer would go to them if they had a client who needed stuff produced, and they would say, okay, I'm going to give you these raw assets, and then your output is the the file. And then we send that back and forth to each other over Dropbox or something. And then I, the marketer, am responsible for posting it. And and now I'm I'm back in my world of what I would do. But the marketer usually is not like generating the assets unless they're really simple or unless they have a tool like the video clipper where they can be making it themselves. Um, right. They're they're just sort of like figuring out for each of their clients. Okay, what what's the tactic here? What what's the channel where uh, you're going to be the most successful? Um, I learned a lot of words and terms and like ways that they're thinking about this um which is great like it's it's i learned the job to be done in, in this thing like they're not trying to clip video marketers are trying to repurpose a client's content to yep. amplify it in a low lift way they use the term low lift to mean like they're not they're not having to work a lot right, right, right. um and it's the word repurposing there was a talk about repurposing. Repurposing is like the word that everyone's using. So now this has me thinking like, ah, oh, I need to change the name. <laughs> it's not It's not a video clipper. It's a repurposing engine. It's a, it's a repurposing platform to take your video and repurpose it into different forms, which are not just videos. Oh, this was just a key insight I had. The last day at the conference, I went with a small group to the San Diego Zoo, which is one of the best zoos in the world, apparently. Uh, I, I thought so also based on the zoos that I've been to. And... Yeah. I was just chatting with people about like riffing on this idea of repurposing and how they do repurposing. And they were like, oh, you could make quote images from the video. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, for Instagram, a type of content that we would use to market for our clients is just a picture with a stock footage background of a, of a plant or a yep. meadow. And then over it is a little rounded rectangle with like a frosted glass, whatever. And then it's a sentence <laughs> that's just an insightful sentence and that's a piece of content. That's one of the ways that we would want to repurpose a video. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's, oh, that'd be so easy to do. Like I could I could, I could, could find the quotes from the transcript of the ChatGPT and have it rephrase it so that it looks good in a quote. And then I could have, I, I could even generate the image based on, you know, have it have it sort of related to whatever the quote is uh, with 
Dolly or, or whatever. And then, of course, I can generate the image because that's so much easier than rendering video. That's rendering yeah. a video that's a frame long. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's so easy. Uh, oh, man, that was one of the, the insights that I had. Um, uh, and, and then imagine if you push that to the creator every day and they just scroll through three of them and say, I want to post this one. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. The, the, two seconds. The human yeah. still needs to be triaging what interesting, potentially good clips are. But yeah, I think I can be leveraging AI a lot more. And I, I like, oh, I, I just clarified so much that this is the job they're trying to do. And, and that would how, build your data set too. So say you give them three quotes and they chose one of them. Now you yeah. have another data point for an AI model yeah, yeah. saying, this is the quote out of these three. That's more interesting. This is a, a little off topic, but this is a good place to, to put it in. I have been doing a bunch of research into the ChatGPT API. Um, yeah. Do you know about fine tuning models in ChatGPT? Yeah, that's oh in ChatGPT. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say in general, that's all I'm doing in Kaggle is fine tuning models. Um, I think I heard that you could do it for ChatGPT by uploading stuff, but I don't know how that works for ChatGPT specifically. But yeah, I know my understanding of it. Other, other I, I misspoke. Also, it's not the ChatGPT API. I think right now it's only supported on the DaVinci model, but eventually will will be brought to the ChatGPT API. My understanding of it is you upload a JSON document of the input and the expected output, and it takes some time to process, and now you have your own model. So instead of saying use the DaVinci model, you say use the the video clipper model, um, and then it has been tuned from all your examples to try to get as close as possible to what your expected output is. So, yeah, that's a, that's a way that I think I can get around. Like, it, it feels like a really good hybrid of, of fine tuning and uh, yeah, using the GPT API. What's the cost of doing that? Because I know I knew that the price leaked for on like dedicated instances, and I know you could do that for dedicated instances, mm. but those are like super expensive. Can yeah. you do that on just the regular yes. API? Yes, oh, cool. and it's super cheap. It's like a hundred nice. times more expensive than per token than um, making a request, but that's still like, and then you're done. Yeah, yeah, you, you just need to do it a single time. I don't even think it's a hundred times more. I think it's it's like ten or twenty times more. But yeah, so that's a oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's how I would train it to like do better uh, better outputs. Oh man, another type of content that I found out about feels so dumb, <laughs> but it's it's uh, for for TikToks. You th the method that they were saying in this conference. I, I watched uh, two different talks that, that talked about the same sort of method. You spend a day filming a bunch of B roll of just you getting ready in the morning or yeah. going on a walk or exercising or making food, it, anything. You, it's just you walking around doing your thing. You just set up your camera on a tripod, you just film a bunch of that. And you do that one day a month. And then for the rest of the month to make a daily TikTok, you write out a quote and you put that quote over the video and you make it like six seconds long. And it's just words over a video of you doing something. <laughs> And that's the type of content. That's that's a way that yeah. they're amplifying it. And then the idea is like, okay, you spend whatever, two hours a month making this fresh B-roll content. But then in the morning when you're wanting to do your content, you just pull from that backlog. You just go in your phone folder and uh, uh, find one of the videos of the B-roll that you did. And then you just type out a quote that resonates with your audience. For this podcast, it might be something like, ah, work on your business today. <laughs> Rise and grind. I don't know. Right. Uh, and and that's a piece of content that like does well on TikTok. Uh, yeah. And and again, what if you had a portfolio of all of their content? Yes. And you had uh, you had their account, so you know what kind of quotes they like to post. Yes. And you 
pushed to them every single day. Yep. Which of these three videos do you want to post? Yes. And yep. I can pull it from the transcripts of either their podcast or their YouTube video. I've been resistant for or a while. Or just famous so. quotes, it sounds like, right? Like famous, like... It's not quite... Like, oh, it could be famous quotes, actually. Yeah. Or like popular, like, sayings. Oh, man, it could be famous quotes. I actually have, for a totally unrelated project, I have a database of like a thousand generically inspirational quotes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It could just be... It could just be random quotes. And it could be... Um, I could do some sort of of triaging of like who's your audience and based on what I know about your YouTube channel and the word you use, like I think this would be a good quote that would resonate with your audience. But yeah, I could totally just like suggest what the what the content would be. Oh, here was yeah. another insight I had. Um, so at the conference, there were like six different vendors that were doing the same sort of thing that Buffer does, where they they queue up posts. Um, or Meet Edgar was another one that uh, someone that I met through MicroConf, and I think she sold her business or, or is spinning it down or something. But these companies seem to be killing it. Like this, this was the majority of the vendors at this conference. I think there were only uh, maybe eight or nine vendors, and most of them were doing this, this uh, just scheduling stuff. And I had loosely had this plan of like, oh, I'll just build all these integrations myself. How hard is it to build a Facebook integration or whatever? But there is so much that goes into this that the marketers care about that I had no idea was a thing. Like. A B testing different things and figuring out analytics of the the post once you've done it and making reports and it's like it's not just about queuing. There's a lot of other yeah. stuff that they care about. And over the course of like half an hour, I talked with every single one of those vendors and asked every one of them, like, do you have an API? Is there a way that I could be yep. automatically pushing to you? And I was able to see over the course of the conference, like, which one of these has the most people talking to them? And there was one of them far and away. That had like a line of people almost the entire time. And when I went to talk to them, uh, I, first I talked to the wife. It's like a husband and wife team that, that started it. Uh, they're Spanish. Uh, the wife was so funny. I, I met her on the first night and she was just, <laughs> she was really funny. <laughs> they're, they're very personable. Uh, but she was like, oh, I don't know about the API. I'd like to talk to my husband because he's the one who developed it. So I started talking to the husband and he's like, do we have an API? The front end uses the API. Let me show you. <laughs> and he pulled it up and he pulled up the the Chrome developer console and he was showing me like the, the API request. And I was like, that's amazing but do you have documentation or should I just go in the console? And he was like, do we have documentation? Like, Here's the documentation page. It's, and it's, it's exactly what I want. So like, I don't That's know awesome. how I would have gotten that information, not yeah. in person. I was in half an hour, I was able to like canvas all of the people who do this, who do it enough to care about going to a conference and evaluate really quickly who the people are who I should be integrating with. So, so that yeah. solved a huge problem of like, oh, I just integrate with this one. That seems to be the one that most people are using. I heard in the talks like two different times independently people mentioning that that's the one they use. So yeah, that's, that's I, I, okay. I just integrate with them. Done. Uh, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, now you've met them also. So I, I fully yeah. expect you to follow up and say, I built this thing. Can we push it out to your email list? Yes. And it's a big old blog post. That, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Speaking and of then, blog posts. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go I was going to say, and then can we get a button in your thing saying, do you have a backload of content? You know, like yeah, th that, that was a thing a couple of years ago hmm. that people were doing. You know, if you get a button in their interface, um, it could even be referral. Like th that could be referral dollars for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's a whole another level. Ah, hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I've met them now and I've talked to them. There's a, yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. I, there's a lot of, a lot of those things have like integration pages with like that lists all their integrations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a smaller team also. Like it's, it's a husband and wife team with 
10 to 20 employees i think so yeah if i'm if i'm making a thing with a first class integration with them like i don't get the sense that they have a lot of integrations but the husband was really excited about the api page so uh, <laughs> like yeah uh, that's yeah. that's like a yeah I, I think that that has a high probability of, uh, of success but you mentioned uh blog posts the entire time i was at this conference i was just like oh there's another blog post idea like uh, learning about safe areas for tiktoks that that the the portion of the video where stuff is happening should be in uh, i don't know how to describe it but it, it's not like the upper third but like a like scooch down a little bit from the top a little a square box that's where they want all of the stuff to be happening in your tiktok um that's a blog post like what's the safe area yeah. for tiktok and, and why does it matter and what's what's the what's the common set of the safe area between all of these different platforms um uh, just like oh it was so valuable for me being in that world of better understanding the whole job that's trying to get created and i feel like i feel like i'm so much more in tune with like who this is for and what it is to the point where i feel a little overwhelmed like i yeah. i have on the plane back i uh, i wrote out this whole onboarding flow of like exactly what this needs to be to i think just kill in the marketplace that that it is the thing that that everybody wants and looking at the list I felt like, oh man, this this is a lot of work. Like, there's a lot of things I need to do to to get to this point, and that got me thinking about: do I raise venture money and hire people? But that then that was sort of just a runaway train of like exploding in complexity. So, yeah, I think ah, I don't know. I I need to I need to just calm down and like focus on one thing at a time. The very next thing to focus on is I had some conversations with people individually. Uh, where I was like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd love to set you up on this and show you what it does and get you set up with an account and like clip one of your clients' videos. And uh, so I'm going to do that. And then I think the next thing to do is chat GPT stuff. And then I think I go back through and, and really nail onboarding. Uh, and I think those are the reasonable next few things to, to work on. Um, yeah. How, does that sound reasonable? Uh, yes, although but I had to yell at a kid just now, so oh, no I didn't hear the last bit of what you said. But um, uh, yeah, I think it sounds like me when I would come back from microconf before and have all these ideas. You know, mm -hmm. that's that 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 sounds like a great conference because yeah, I think you learning about all this stuff is going to be super valuable for you. And yeah, as a one person team, you're going to have to figure out what you can do and what the next thing is. Um, you said. I was going to ask this, but you said that some people were interested in seeing clips. Did you, what was the sense that you got from people? Are they interested in clipping video? Do they not even think about it? Like you said, they think about repurposing. Is it something they do all the time and want a, you know, a service for? Like what, what was the sense that you got from people about your thing as it exists now? The sense I got from people is that the, the pain that marketers are experiencing is that they have clients who really want to be publishing video, but the clients don't want to do any work to make the video. So like I talked to this woman who has a client who's a, a car dealership and she was like, the people who hired me are telling me all about how they want video and how they want TikToks and, and all this stuff. And I'm not going to be the one making the videos, but I know like what they would need to be doing to be making videos. And so I'll go there to talk to the team about like, who here wants to be making videos and who can talk to me about strategy and they all scatter 
<laughs> like no one no one wants to be the person who's making videos. So the interests I there's a lot of thoughts I'm chewing on here. This the 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 way that I think I can most help marketers is by helping them to help their clients do things like this podcast, have some sort of source of long source of, of long form video or a long form podcast. And then I can help them amplify and re uh, not amplify. I can help them repurpose that content into a bunch of smaller content. So it's very low lift for the client and it's very low lift for the marketer. And the output is a bunch of these quote images, a bunch of these quote videos, a bunch of these short form uh, 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 clips formatted for the the different platforms, um, and problems as simple as like how do you how do you uh, reformat a video from landscape to portrait? That's a really valuable problem for the marketer to solve because these are not people who like spend all day in a video editor. They they might know how to use iMovie, yeah. but then that's a, a marketable skill for them that they that they know video editing like that that would be unusual. Um, does that answer the question you were trying to ask? Uh, yeah, what you might find, I heard like you want to allow them to help people to start making content, but you'll probably find a huge chunk of people who already have content and, that they might not even realize is content. Yes. So I think the example I talked to someone about was um, he had gone to like four or five different conferences and given talks. Mm -hmm. And now he has all these hour long, you know, conference talks, five of them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do I do with these? Um, and I bet people, any influencer kind of thought leader person probably has that you know yeah four or five like hour-long talks they have no idea what to do with yeah um so you can probably start there upload those and probably produce six months of content just from you know a few hour-long talks yes yeah that's yeah if someone's already at the stage where they have a backlog of video that's a great place to start and actually talking to a lot of the marketers they were saying that um usually clients that they work with start with some sort of a backlog and that's where they start yeah, and that, some, that provides like something. their backlog provides the first six months of content and then after that i was like well what do you do after that and they were like well either they've made more media from that or you can actually just go back and start recycling things that you've already posted um yeah. yes so, so i'd start there I, th I think it it'd be great if you could also figure out how to grow the grow the pie so like have people actually creating more video content yeah. that you can easily slice up um yeah but it's much easier going after people who already have a backlog yeah people yeah, yeah. who've given conference stocks and yeah for sure for sure yeah i'm really excited though because like i see how big of a problem this is <laughs> like <laughs> getting more people to be making more video uh and then and then uh uh repurposing it like yeah it's it's an it's an infinite content engine uh yeah yeah ah that's cool um, yeah, it's something that uh, I wanted to say a while, uh, 20 minutes ago, but I forgot about it was uh, so Adam Wadham gave a talk at MicroConf mm, four or five years ago, maybe about he how he repurposed content. This is before he started Tailwind. And he would say, I make a medium post and then I cut something out and do the Instagram thing. Mm. So that's when we we're talking about. It. And then he says, and then I'll post this thing to Twitter and then I'll turn around and repost the medium post on my own blog and then I'll do whatever. So he had like a seven stage process or whatever. Um, which seemed very overwhelming. And I'm assuming a lot of that, a lot of these same people want similar steps and it gets dropped just because it's so much work. So yeah, if you can make like one click, you know, like here's a, 
here is your uh, your video. Uh, I made a blog post, an AI generated blog post mm-hmm. from your video, right? Using quotes from your video. From that, you have these three Instagram things that you can post, mm-hmm. and then these two highlight videos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's super valuable. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, blog posts also. You could do blog posts. I thank you for reminding me about the uh, Adam Athens talk. I hadn't recalled that, but yeah, that's that's perfect. I don't remember which talk it was. I don't remember if it was. I have to go look it up, but yeah, that that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm productizing uh, that sort of complicated process. the yeah. the The dream I have for onboarding is like there's a there's a text box where you don't even have to paste in the link if you have a podcast or a youtube video you can just start typing in the name and i auto complete Mm. and if you hit enter like you go to a search page because even like copying and pasting the link i was thinking about that's a multi-stage process if i'm trying to get the link for my podcast like i'm not even sure how i would get that and then i might get lost and uh not remember to find my way back so like yeah yeah search for the name of your podcast or youtube channel you tap on it and now I say, I'm importing your most recent episodes slash videos. Uh, enter your phone number and your email mm-hmm. and or your email. And I'll let you know when it's ready. Because there's some work I need to do on the back end of like downloading the video and downloading the transcript. And now I have your phone number and email. So now that can go into a, a sequence. And I know at least one channel that you care about. So I can text you or email you the next time a new episode is published and do the exact same process saying like, Hey, I I made some new clips for you. So then if you stay on that page, I just show you after you've given me your, your email or phone number, or you'll get a text with a, uh, uh, what's it called? Not fat icon, uh, uh, OG image of, of your content that's, that's been clipped. Um, and the same for the email, you see a little screenshot of like clips from your episode or like a preview of, the the instagram thing with a quote over it and uh with a a generic background so then once you click on that or stay on the page i show you a list of media a list of of uh uh, repurposed content from that one blog post and that's ai generated clips optimized for each platform that's quote images that's quote videos over a a generic b-roll background uh, could also be a blog post, um, could also be a Twitter thread and all of those things, all of the media is watermarked, uh, and you can't download any of it until you sign up for an account. But now of course I want to sign up for an account to download it. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the piece of content I want right there. Um, so you click download on one of the things and it pops up and says, Hey, uh, just (laughs) give me a password. I already know your email. Uh, and then you'll be able to download this, but it's watermarked. If you already have their email, you don't even need a password. This is a trick a lot of people do. True. You can just use magic links. Yeah. Or they can set a number. password if they want. Yeah, yeah. You can auto log them in by using magic links. Yeah. Oh, it's a magic link. Yeah, they get texted a magic link and they get emailed a magic link. Yeah, that removes a step. Yeah, they already have an account if I if I already have their uh, email or phone number. Yeah, perfect. Um, thank you. <laughs> removed another step. Um, and then uh, they download it and whatever they download is watermarked. And then if they want to remove the watermark, there's a big button that says remove the watermark. And to remove the watermark, you got to pay me. Um, and I was thinking a whole bunch about like uh, uh, customizing stuff in this. Uh, like I mm. built this perfectly generic 
machine where I can just send it a JSON object and it, it renders a video for me. And I was thinking before this conference, I was thinking all about like the interface to uh, have a generic video editor. And I think I'm just going to forget about that for a little while because yeah. maybe the only thing they want to change is just like the font that they're using. Um, and then I think I'll just for a while have a big button that says, hey, if you want this template changed in any way, uh, hop on a call with me or, or send me a message and I'll just get it done for you. And then I just go in the back end and, and edit the JSON document. Um, but yeah, I think that's the flow. Oh, and this is something I was struggling with for a long time of how I differentiate the $30 a month plan and the $100 a month plan. The point of differentiation, I think, is the integration with this queuing thing. Because if mm. you're paying for that, you're doing this enough that like yep. you're a professional doing it. Uh, their service costs some amount of money that's probably closer to $100 than $30. So yeah, if, if you want this totally streamlined, if you want to just be able to push a button and, and not have to download it and re-upload it, but just automatically post it, uh, that's now something on the, the $100 a month plan. Uh, oh, one other insight I had. This I, <laughs> I should have spent more time like organizing my thoughts with this. Uh, they all love using their phones. They don't like using desktop computers. There were, uh, a lot of the conversations I was having with people was like, most of the work that they're doing, most of their jobs are just taking media from one place and reposting it to another place and doing just the minimal editing of, of trimming video or something. And all of that happens on a person's phone. So for most people, their phone, for most of these marketers, their phone is their primary computing device for this. And I was thinking about phones as like, maybe someday I'll get around to it, but I think it's really important that this works on a phone now. Um, yeah. Even if you can't do more of the, like like I built this whole editor that's very mouse driven of highlighting the transcript and stuff. Um, I think how I'm going to solve that for the short term is like, you can't make new clips or maybe the interface for making new clips is is really simplified. It's just like start and end. And then most of what's driving using this on mobile is you're, you're, you're viewing the AI suggestions and then getting told that if you want to edit any of it, you can do that on desktop. But the only thing you can do on mobile is like view them and, and download them. Um, so yeah. still still pretty functional but yeah I, I wasn't planning on even being able to to do that much uh my I, my brain's just on fire right now can you can you tell like <laughs> i can tell i'm, I'm tell. real excited um yeah so i was gonna say that's a ton of stuff what what is next what is the the very next step uh it sounds like you have some people you want to talk to so maybe that's the next step yeah what and then what is next after that that's a very good question to be asking thank you um the very next step is to send a couple of follow-up messages with people that I had conversations with. Um, and just saying like, I, I set up an account for you. I, I imported your channel. Um, here's, how, here's how it works right now. And that's going to take me like an hour. Uh, I didn't get a ton of people's information. I got maybe like seven contacts or something. Um, Sounds like a lot. Yeah, I guess it is a lot. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, that is a lot. Seven people. That's a lot of people. Um, and then I want to have something working to suggest clips in AI. So figuring out, I, I've done, I've, I've gotten very close with the prompt engineering. Um, prompt engineering, I don't know if we've talked about this already, but prompt engineering is such an interesting type of coding. Uh, feels very like squishy and magical and it's, it's fun. 
Um, yeah. So first contact the people, then get clip suggestions working with titles. And then I think I want to start from the beginning of onboarding and go back through the entire process. So start with uh, rewriting the landing page, having a bar where I won't start with the autocomplete because that's going to be kind of tricky. I'll start with just like paste in your YouTube channel or podcast URL. I might just start with YouTube channel because that's going to be simpler. Paste in your, your YouTube channel on the homepage. Um, and then the next page is says it's importing and you need to enter your phone number or email. Um, I need to make sure all this works on mobile also. So then after they go to the page that shows the results, I need a mobile friendly view for that to be able to download those clips. So I need to make sure the downloading works on mobile. And then a button to uh, remove the watermark, which takes you to the page to sign up. And I also want that to work on mobile. And then if you've signed up, you can download the stuff. Uh, all the stuff starting with just the the clips because I already have that built out. Um, you can download a clip, not watermarked. And I think that's going to take me like two weeks to do all of that. So from there, there's a lot of other stuff I can do. I can download the quote videos. I can download the images. Um, yeah. How does that sound? Sounds like a healthy chunk of work, okay. and it also is kind of was kind of your plan anyway. So I think that's good um, because you can let the conference sort of settle a little bit and yeah. uh, figure out exactly what you want to do. Yeah, with it. Yeah, it's so difficult for me in that environment because I just I have so many ideas. <laughs> I heard so many people talking about yeah. that uh, like their phone fills up with videos, and I was like, no, I could manage all your all your phone videos for you too, and have it organized. <laughs> like, but no. I don't think so. I think that's I think that's how to scale. Yeah, yeah. um, it's so energizing though being. Uh, a lot of it was energizing. Parts of it I felt like exhausted and uh, the, there was a, two different times when I like took a nap in the middle of the day. It's a, Conference is a lot of work. It's like talking to a lot it of people is, and yeah. walking around. Especially especially after like three years of not going to conferences. I guess I went to one last year, but yeah, yeah it's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you gotta you gotta be on. Uh, yeah, but man, I, I had some, some very exciting conversations. Oh, I feel like I'm onto something. Feels good. Um, I ran into a competitor there, someone who was wearing a T-shirt oh. that that it was like a tagline that I might have written that was like repurpose your videos into short form or something. And I got to talk with them, and uh, they're part of a startup that has like 20 people involved, and they're two of more of the marketing people. And uh, I was chatting with them about like, yeah, I feel kind of weird about talking to competitors. <laughs> like, I feel kind of demoralized and stuff. And that was. That was a weird conversation, thinking back to it. Yeah, like they were really nice, and but it's, I, I don't know, it's just felt kind of weird. Uh, I don't know what else to I, say I about it's that. Good, it's a good sign if, if uh, you know, someone has funded a 20-person company around this thing. Yeah. That means there's a there there. Yeah. yeah. I do feel kind of like, I think this is what got me thinking about, uh, like, getting funding and hiring people. Is like, can I do this? Mm. Like, this is, uh, this for sure seems like a huge problem. There's a lot of people focusing yeah. on this way more than I realized when I, when I started working on this. Um, and it's a new industry. And I think I'm feeling like, ah, uh, like I'm behind cause I'm just one dude working on this thing. But at the same time, uh, I'm able to have these insights of like, Oh, I don't have to worry about 
any of the social media integrations if I just integrate with this one company. Right. And so now I'm done. And I could totally see a 20, yeah, it's 20 people, but what if four of those people are working on all the social media integrations? And what if six of those people are all working on like the backend video editing thing that I solved with Remotion, like just, just use Remotion. Um, now all of a sudden it starts to seem more fair. Like, okay, maybe I have the advantage here because I can, I'm just a single person and I can, I can move way faster, but it does feel like a lot of work. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you also, you also need 20 times less revenue than they do. So, you know. Oh, I like that. That's a, that's a very comforting thought. Yeah, yeah. I need 20 times less revenue than they do. And probably less than that. Cause like for a 20 person startup, they probably have investors that they've got to answer to. And like, if there's yeah. a, if there's a more profitable place for them to pivot, they have to pivot there. Um, and I can sort of like take my time and yeah. be thinking about I mean, this that's more the game we play. long-term. Yeah. 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 That feels really good. Yeah. If I just have a fraction of it. Oh, it was so, it was so refreshing talking to like the actual people using this too. Cause I went up to um, two different speakers um, who, who spoke on these sorts of topics. Uh, one of them was talking, one of them had a talk specifically about repurposing media and I'm going to take her talk and I'm going to mm -hmm. write like six blog posts about it. It was great. Yeah. Um, but I went up to her like, Hey, I'm, uh, working on a tool to, to do this as software. Uh, and I think she mentioned in her talk, another tool like it. And I was thinking, I think in the back of my head, I was thinking like, Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that I'm working on this tool and she's going to respond. You idiot. Why would you work on that when there's already a thing that does it perfectly well? <laughs> Yeah. And that's not what she said. She said, that's great. <laughs> that's so exciting. Uh, oh, here are my gripes with this thing of uh, things I could do better. And I had almost the same conversation with someone later who pointed out different things. He was like, oh, yeah. He he had a talk where he uh, walked you through like how to use one of these tools. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm making something that solves a similar problem. Uh, not that I'm a competitor, but I'm, I'm working on solving a similar problem. And he was like, oh, that's great. Like I had to work so hard in this tool to make it have good output and if you just have good design out of the gate everyone's going to use your thing instead and i was like oh my god of course they would and what is good design and he was like well it's got to be in the safe area and i was like the safe area of course of course it's got to be in the safe area i wasn't thinking about that uh and he was like you know the the uh bar has to look good and the fonts have to be nice and, and automatically sized which is a problem i've already solved but uh, oh it's like i i feel so much better about the existence of competitors having gone to this because i feel like i have uh like like I know the problem this is solving now and I know the things that the people actually care about. And uh, uh, from their perspective, I saw that like, if if there's something that does the job a little bit better, there's not really loyalty they have to the, the thing they're using. Also, like almost no one knows about these tools yet. There were a bunch of talks mm -hmm. about the existence of AI and how AI would be a, a good thing to use. Um, and people were just furiously taking notes and I was so bored. Like, yeah, okay. Chad JVT is a thing. Like what, what's, the, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is so two weeks ago. Um, so I, I, I feel much better about the, the existence of so two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 That's so two weeks ago. <laughs> um, that's great. What I would do is, uh, this week I would follow up with those two people and just say, Hey, I really enjoyed talking to you at this conference. Yeah. And then that's it. And then six months later, maybe you can say, you know, Hey, can I chat with you again about this thing? I have a few questions and maybe I can help you too. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I do. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I can do that today. Um, there's one more thing that I want to talk to you about. Uh, and I, I'll just start talking about it. Um, this is a marketing conference. And something I noticed was yeah. 
in the way the conference was put on, you could tell that it was put on by marketers. Like the the technology was just a little not working. Like, uh, oh, here's a great example. There was a talk that that nailed the marketing of their talk. It was this guy who was talking about like he had this free ebook that you could get. Uh, and it, it was just this perfect flow of like he created this pent up demand for it and, the, and talking about it. And then he was like, ah, I scanned my QR code to, to download the free ebook. And there, were, there was a Q&A afterwards. And uh, the first person who asked a question said, hey, your link doesn't work. <laughs> and that's just so perfectly like he sold it so well, but the technology yeah. was broken. Like that's kind of the feeling I got at this conference. And it's the reverse at tech conferences. Like the technology is yeah. on point. Like, you know, the, their conference app was designed to, to be perfectly secure and scale up to a billion users. But like no one's using it because they didn't yeah, tell yeah. anyone about it or something. So in that same yeah. vein, one of the things I noticed was they had this way to connect with people through the app uh, at the conference. And it was just a, it was a, a web app, a, a PWA. And they had this really clunky QR reader in the app and it gave you way too many buttons. And then you scan the QR code of someone else's badge and that's how you connect with them. And then it just pops up an alert that says like success. <laughs> and, and then you have to close it and go to a different menu to like see the list of things. Terribly designed technologically. But I had the thought like, huh, I wonder what's on these QR codes because there's no like directory of all the people the the way that you're supposed to collect people's information was to scan the QR codes. And even the the sponsors, the the vendors who had the booths were really adamant when they had a conversation with you about like, hey, can I scan your QR codes? So that afterwards they have a list of yeah. all the people who they can contact to to like follow up with. So I got to thinking, I wonder what's on these QR codes. Cause <laughs> based on everything else I've seen at this conference, maybe it's just like a number that just an integer ID. Yeah. yeah. So I looked at that and it was just a number, but it was kind yeah. of a long number. It was like, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe maybe a billion numbers. But I was thinking like, I bet I could just brute force this and go through all billion and, and say that I was scanning it. But then I thought, hold on, what's the result of scanning someone's QR code? It's just a link to their profile and you click their profile and then it goes to their profile and then it has all their information of like all the information they entered. And then I thought, hold on, what's what's the URL of that profile? <laughs> And that's just an integer. That's just a number. And that's a that's an integer ID that went from zero to twenty five hundred. <laughs> so, so I have all the contact information of everyone who went to this conference, which oh boy. is yeah. uh, probably much more information than like even the, the sponsors and vendors had. But uh, I don't know what to do with that, or even if it's okay to do something with that. So I would like. I would like a sanity check from you, please. Uh, what, what, what do I do with this now that I have it? That's probably about as useful as scraping people's emails off of the web, sure. which is to say, not very. Um, There's like retargeting opportunities, maybe that I could put this in Facebook, and once I have a, a Facebook ad or something. Yeah, maybe. there is. Yeah, that's true. Although, then you should probably erase this portion of the podcast so that because I think you have to. <laughs> is that illegal? Like what? 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 I don't know. I don't think so. I also but, don't think so. It was just stuff that was on a website. I don't think scraping's illegal, is it? Uh, I, I learned this. Uh, scraping is illegal as long as you don't have to sign into a like username and password. Um, because despite whatever terms of service or cookie notifications or privacy, whatever they post, yeah. if they if you can get to it without entering username and password then you can scrape it legally. If you can get to it without entering username and password, you can scrape it legally. Okay, I think I need to I need to check if it was now, now you might need a very expensive lawyer to argue that in court. Sure, but sure. That is that is the law. I'm yeah. I'm just unclear on like when I would get in trouble for doing something with this data. 
I don't know. If you actually email the people on it, then that might be against the can spam act. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think I want to directly email them. That would feel kind of kind of spammy. They have all their like business be links sp- in it. Like spammy. if they have websites or there's a lot of people who have their um like company domain names. So if nothing else, this yeah, is I mean a, you can at least check out their you can at least check out their websites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I could I could see this being like a good direct sales thing of like if I use this list to just go through one by one, see the the companies that people have. And then I know like the background of that they they went to the sort of media mm-hmm. marketing world, but I can I can reach out to them as if I'm yeah. just cold emailing them from their website. Yeah. You also have an executive assistant who can do that for you. I do. I yeah. sure do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. Okay. All right. I feel more calm. Thank you. Uh, this was a clarifying conversation. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I think that's cool. all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week and hopefully we won't leave it as long because that was that was a lot for me to, to talk about <laughs> I, I built I, up it's still only went an hour i built so, up uh yeah. pressure of like the, the the help i need from you in my life that was it was a lot to do all at once uh cool i'll see you next week goodbye